0: If you go to get a broken leg or a broken arm set, how much is that going to cost you? Have you ever wondered why you can't know that before you go to the hospital or to the doctor's office? And how about this? Would it shock you to know that even they don't know what it's going to cost? I'm Dwayne Lester, and in this Insight to Action, Dean Clancy and I discuss the personal options belief that we deserve to know healthcare costs up front and we talk about what is keeping that from happening. Here we go. Continuing our series on the personal option, talking with Dean Clancy again today. Dean, thanks for being here. My pleasure. We've already talked about good insurance at an affordable price, access to the latest health-saving drugs at a reasonable price. We believe that you should see the doctor of your choice conveniently and affordable, affordably. Today, we're going to talk about our belief that all Americans deserve to know how much our care will cost up front before we pay for it, and that's mind-boggling that that isn't what happens Uh, how many other things do we go into and say I'd like I'd like this service but I don't expect to know how much it's going to cost before you do it I mean you wouldn't do that with with uh, getting a roof put on your house you wouldn't do that getting an oil change for your car and yet we do it with our health care every day
1: that's right yeah America is different when it comes to health care or I should say health care is different from everything else in America Precisely because you generally don't see the price up front and uh, I'm sure we've all had the experience you go into the doctor's office and um, you ask well how much will this cost they might be able to tell you their standard uh, appointment fee but beyond that they really have no idea well it depends on what your insurance pays and even the people answering the question don't know the answer. (laughs) They'll find out later when they run the paperwork uh, past the insurance company.
0: I think that's a key point to make. Like the, people, the people in the office don't even know how much this will, char- th- this will cost you. That, that blows my mind. The people, it's not just that the people asking for the service don't get the price. It's that the people offering the service don't know how much it will cost. Why is that?
1: Well, because we've uh, evolved to a system where so much of it is paid for by a third party, an insurance plan. And the insurance plan, part of how it makes its money is by saying, hey, we can negotiate great rates with doctors and hospitals. So you're signed up for the plan and you're happy maybe that your premiums uh, are lower than they could otherwise be because you had this sort of group bargaining going on. Uh, But as a result of this process, nobody knows what the actual reimbursement is going to be. And you even have an atrophy of pricing in the sense of, well, what about the person who's uninsured who just comes in and says, look, I'd I'd like to just pay cash for this. What what would you charge me if I pay cash? Sometimes they don't know the answer there either. They're like, well, that never happens. Nobody ever comes in here. Or they say, well, um, we'll charge you X. And it turns out X is really high because it's more than what these people with group discounts pay. Um, But sometimes they are willing to negotiate. And there are a few brave souls in our country who are willing to haggle and uh, get a cash price. But uh, healthcare is the only sector where that really goes on. Grocery store, the gas station, the auto repair shop. pretty much they just post their prices and you decide whether that's a good value or not i think we've talked about
0: the surgery center of oklahoma city before but that's exactly what they do they have the prices of all their surgeries posted online you can go and see what they're going to cost and generally they are much lower than the costs at regular hospitals how do they how are they able to do that and do it so
1: you know affordably Well, the the first thing uh, that makes the Surgery Center of Oklahoma unique is they start with the idea that you're likely to be a cash paying customer. They, they, uh, They don't completely rule out a role for insurance, but they basically cater to the person who is not going to run this through insurance first and foremost. Instead, what their business model is, here's our upfront price for the cash paying customer, Is this a good price? Do you like it? Now, sometimes people will say, well, I've also got this insurance, and I want to get them involved. They will maybe get involved as long as they don't have to try to negotiate rates with the insurance company. Right now, most hospitals, most doctors, they have to spend an inordinate amount of time negotiating with all these different health plans, all these different rates, and so on. Surgery Center of Oklahoma tries to cut all that out and just say, look, here's our cash pay price. And as you point out, it's often much less expensive than what you would, you know, two hospitals in the same town, one of them might charge 10 times more than the other for the same procedure. It's crazy. And that happens because most of the time people can't see the price up front. They don't ask about the price because they're hoping their insurance pays for everything. And so there's no discipline. But yes, the surgery center works really well. And getting all health care to be more like that is our vision.
0: So just want to make sure that I'm understanding everything right now. We don't know the, how much our health care will cost up front. Going in as the, as the purchaser, we don't know because the person we're buying it from doesn't know how much it would cost because they have to negotiate with a third party that we've brought in because our healthcare system almost mandates having insurance and makes that um, kind of the the way we do
1: things. Am I I catching this right? Yep, yep, you are absolutely right. Um, If you want to find a culprit behind all of this, it's the United States tax code. The tax code basically rewards you if you buy into a group uh, health plan through your workplace and uh, discriminates against you if you try to get your health benefits from any other source or just pay directly out of pocket for medical care. And so we've seen since, say, 1960, uh, the chart looks like an X. Basically, what people are paying out of pocket has gone from something like 75% of all medical costs down to less than 20%. Meanwhile, what they run through insurance has gone from less than 20% up to 80% and that transformation has occurred because the tax code basically punishes you for purchasing healthcare directly and the result of that is today in America the patient is not the customer. The patient is the product. Employers think of uh, patients as a product because they negotiate with insurance companies and say, look at all these employees I've got, give me a good rate. The insurance companies, in turn, use the patients as leverage to negotiate rates with doctors and hospitals. Look at all these lives we cover. If you want that business, you're going to have to give us low rates and so on. (laughs) Meanwhile, where's the poor patient in all of this? He's the one that shows up at the doctor's office and nobody knows how much anything costs.
0: I have a hard time believing that it's the tax code, Dean, because I have it on good authority that taxes are the price we pay to live in a civilized society. But... I'm willing to grant you the benefit (laughs) of the doubt on this. What is our vision then? How do we get out of this mess that we've made?
1: Well, the simplest answer is let's uh, level the tax code playing field. So every dollar you spend on health care gets the same tax treatment, whether you get your health benefits at work or you buy them online or as old people like me would say, out of the phone book. And uh, or whether you just pay cash out of your pocket as at the Oklahoma Surgery Center, let all of those health care purchases be taxed in exactly the same way, level playing field. What that will happen then is people will find the best uses of the money and then the system will evolve to post the prices naturally because now you, the patient, are the consumer. Just like when you go into the grocery store, do they post the prices? Yeah, for every single product on every single shelf. And they do that because you're paying, you're spending cash. And uh, that will happen in healthcare too. And by the way, you do see this in some things, not just the Oklahoma Surgery Center, but there are urgent care clinics that will post their prices, you know, set a broken bone, $50 or what have you. And um, that's what you want. They're catering, again, to the cash paying customer. And just one last note on this. Leveling the tax playing field is uh, one easy and I think very sort of patient-friendly way to do it is let every American have a tax-free health savings account. What is that? We call it an HSA. That is an account where you can contribute and an employer can contribute as well a certain amount of money, tax-free, and you can let that money build up like a bank account or even you could even invest it. And that's also tax free, the buildup. And then when you spend it, as long as you spend it on health care, it has to be on a legitimate medical expense. That's tax free. Now you're getting that same tax break that the big business gets for offering health care to its employees. Now you have a level playing field. Problem is nine out of 10 Americans have no way to obtain a tax free health savings account because of a, a requirement in the law that you also must carry a certain specific kind of health insurance which 90% of Americans have no way to obtain. So we want to change the law so that any kind of health coverage will qualify you to have an HSA and then everybody can save and spend tax-free for healthcare. We will have leveled the playing field and consumers will begin to be in control of the dollars and healthcare will begin to look more like the grocery store, and less like the Alice in Wonderland that we have today.
0: Is this something that needs to happen on the federal level, or is this something that needs to happen on the state level? And the reason I ask is, I know we have an HSA in my, my family. We use one. We use it all the time. Uh, so is maybe Missouri is a special case where we already have passed these laws, which is why I wonder, is this a federal issue or a state issue or both?
1: HSAs are entirely a federal issue. Uh, it's the federal tax code that I'm talking about that discriminates uh, in terms of how you spend uh, your health care dollar, and it's the federal tax code that creates this special kind of account, the HSA, and therefore the fix is in the federal tax code. Now, the states have plenty of problems that they add to the whole healthcare mix. You know They make it hard for hospitals to add new beds without jumping through ridiculous hoops. They make it hard for people to see the doctor uh, electronically with telehealth. They make it hard for you to just uh, engage in what's called direct primary care. You just basically pay a doctor's practice, so like a monthly subscription, like Netflix, and then there's no insurance involved. you just paying for medical care directly. All of those things the states do sometimes interfere with, and AFP has been working hard to remove those barriers. But the HSA, that and the tax code problem I've been talking about, that's solely federal
0: Okay. What else do we need to know about this? And I'm glad you brought up direct primary care because I was thinking about that also. And I, when I was talking with Charlie Katabi about it, I said it's kind of like a gym membership. You know, you pay your gym membership and whether you go to the gym or not, you always have access to it when you need it. But more often than not, you've got more people with memberships than ever go to the gym. Uh, so there's always that there's always going to be an empty bench for you there when you want to go. And the gym's making all kinds of money. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole about that, but I, I was thinking about that and that you always sure. know how much your, your healthcare is going to cost because you're already paying that up front. I know that I'm going to pay $75 a month for access to my doctor and then whatever ails, you know, whatever ailments I have going in there, that's paid for out of that $75. But what else besides amending the tax code can contribute to, to us getting prices up front. Is that, or is that it? Is that the only thing holding us
1: back? That I think is the true thing holding us back. There's a whole movement and many uh, on both the right and left of center are enthusiastic advocates of this. We at Americans for Prosperity have been less enthusiastic and that's the idea of simply mandating price transparency. I'm glad you you asked about this because we might have forgotten to mention this. Um, their idea is, look, let's just order the hospitals and the doctors and the insurance companies to just disclose all their prices. Now, what prices are we talking about? It's either our, their list prices, which is uh, sometimes called a sticker price or a manufacturer's suggested retail price. Those of us who have ever tried to buy a car know that's not a real price. That's a price you put out there to begin a negotiation. Um, it's often way too high. No, nobody pays sticker. Nobody pays list price. You know, unless they're stupid. And um, so, if you force them all to publish their list price, you actually don't have very useful information because nobody pays that price. The alternative is you you force them to disclose their privately negotiated rates, their real prices that they charge. And of course, they're charging each different. Uh, customer a different price right the the hospital's charging each health plan a different price based on a negotiation it's all private if you disclose that obviously the insurance companies will love it because now they can see what their competitors are paying and they can negotiate down and the uh, you know it, it, that information obviously will have some use but it will also really put the squeeze on these providers and by the way it is proprietary it's secret so i think there are first amendment issues that may be raised Our point is, that's a a ham-handed way to deal with this problem. Let's get to the real root cause, which is that the patient is not the customer. The patient is not in charge of the dollars. When the patient's in charge, then the prices will appear naturally. They will be eager to give you that information publicly, and then we will have a functioning uh, market.
0: It seems like these mandates are yet another example of of a law being passed to correct the problems created by the law we passed yesterday, which was often passed to create solutions for the problems <laughs> right. created by the previous law, rather than just saying, okay, right. maybe we just need to get government out of the way. Uh, they're actually doing more harm than good and let the market forces make this a reality. Because what what you said is to make this happen we need to get government out of the way. We need to change the tax code. We need to allow these things to happen. More mandates, again, is not going to be the solution. You will create more problems from that than you can even imagine. Because as I've said on, I think, every podcast that I've recorded up to now, there are no solutions. There are only trade-offs. And so every law that you pass is going to have, yeah, might have some good points to it. There's also going to be some trade-offs that you might not even imagine were there. So rather than passing more mandates... Why not try just getting government out of the way?
1: Amen. Amen. That is exactly what we have been saying. And it's what we're working for. And And we've had some success, particularly recently at the state level with removing some of the barriers uh, that we talked about. But this tax code issue, uh, that one has been a tougher uh, fight. But long term, we're very hopeful that we can win it. By the way, I'd love to just paint a picture for you, Duane, of what I think the world could look like that would really be so much better for everybody with just a few of these reforms basically you know you have a medical problem you go to the doctor uh... they tell you the actual price up front. why because they know you're going to pay with your health savings account your dollars not some third party you do have insurance but it's for the really big expenses the catastrophic things that would wipe you out financially if you weren't covered. That's what insurance is supposed to be for. So you've got your HSA, your catastrophic insurance plan. They're posting the prices and you've got a direct primary care subscription. So when you have an ache or pain or a question, you can just contact your doctor immediately and not ask, have to ask your insurance company for permission or have to wait a week or two weeks or two months or whatever until you know, they can bother to see you because as you pointed out, they're going to cater to you because you're paying them a a regular fee every month. They're, they're going to want to keep that, uh, subscription going. So they're going to treat you like the customer and healthcare. I think in that world would be just so much better, uh, for everybody and nobody has to lose. I mean, you know, yes, there'll be less red tape and there'll be some, some excess uh, personnel maybe in the system who, End up having to do something else for a living because it'll be so much more efficient, but it'll just be so much better for everybody. And and so there's hope here to make it better so we don't live in Alice in Wonderland.
0: Yeah, and there's nothing saying that those folks who are part of bureaucracy, who no longer have those positions... Uh, There's nothing mandating they go into a a life of poverty that may free those people up to go do incredible things They never would have done because of the security of their job. You don't know. It's that that the beauty of of Spontaneous order of innovation of creative destruction. You never know uh, What people will go on and do Dean this sounds uh, this sounds great I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us about it Is there anything else that you want to say before we close this out?
1: Uh, No, I'm just really grateful to have this opportunity and, um, you know, let's just keep working together to make this vision a reality.
0: Thanks again to Dean Clancy for taking the time to talk to us about The Personal Option. If you have any questions about this or any of the other issues we've talked about, please send me an email at i2a the number two, a, at afphq.org. I'm Dwayne Lester, and this has been Insight to Action.